podcasters, and welcome to The Career Couch with Dr. Carol and Friends. I am Dr. Carol Isom Barnes, host of the podcast, and delighted that you have tuned into this episode. Our goal is always to support you and your career in reaching your full potential, and today is no different. Today, we are talking about stepping into your own power. We are talking to Dr. Barbara Dalle-Petze today. She joins me to discuss this topic. She is a leadership coach, international speaker, and seminar leader with over 18 years of global experience. She inspires individuals, entrepreneurs, and leaders to reconnect with their most profound and authentic essence, discover their purpose, and bring about positive change in their lives and in the world. She is also the author of the book, The Unexpected Gift. She holds a PhD in ontology from the University of Hong Kong, a master's in counseling from Monash University in Australia, and a postgraduate certificate in human resources management and organization from Lewis Business School in Italy. She is also a member of the leadership development faculty for the Asian Pacific region at a top global financial institution. Dr. Dale Petze, it seems you certainly get around. How are you today? And welcome to the podcast. Hi, Carol. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a great honor and uh, I'm really, really happy to be here with you today. Well, thank you. I know you are. We're connecting with you. You're in Italy. I'm in the United States in North Carolina. Yes, I am in Italy. I am in Verona, the city of Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, it's a beautiful place indeed. Well, nice. Uh, thank you for joining. I appreciate that. And so first off, when we talk about power, do you feel that power is available to everyone? That's a great question <laughs> to begin with. Absolutely. I do believe that power is available to everybody and anyone. Uh, of course, we need to understand what we mean by power, right? Because uh, it might be that often we associate power with political power or the power that is uh, given to us by the role we hold, for example, in an organization. When I say that power is available to um, anyone, I refer to the etymological meaning of power, which is coming, which comes from uh, uh, Latin potere, and potere in itself has uh, the root that means to be able to. So having a possibility in this sense, I think that everyone has the possibility to do something, be someone, make choices, and in this sense. I think that uh, everyone has power at certain level, in certain contexts, in certain uh, respects. And uh, the question is our level of awareness in relation to the power that we have. Are and we aware of it? How would you specifically define power in its basic terms? Like, what does that look like for the average person? Um, to me, the, the, the fundamental definition of power is to have a possibility, to have a possibility. And uh, for the average person in any situation, in any context, 
we want to be aware that we have a choice. We have the possibility of making a choice, if only a choice of how we want to show up in that particular moment, in that particular circumstance. So I would say that because power is to have to be in the possibility, to have the possibility to make a choice, we all have it. We all have it. Even when it seems like we have no choices, we have the choice to, for example, uh, respond and we have a choice in deciding how we can respond to the situation we are here and we are involved in. So that is a power that we always have, no matter the circumstances. And I think that that's the kind of power that everybody, and because you asked about the average person, and when you say the average person, I understand the person that uh, does not have particularly a a huge amount of wealth or means or a position, right? As a a person that is conducting um, his or her life in the best possible way with the means that he or she has, and um, in very uh, simple, maybe uh, circumstances or situations, And in this sense, even the average person has always the possibility to respond to whatever situation we, this person is in and that's power. So they don't have to act on it, but they just have to recognize that they have the choice to act on a decision, for example. Um, Yes. And power might not necessarily um, express itself in the way as an action, right? But I can uh, express to myself my own power when I know that I can show up in situations, for example, by being positive, by being optimistic, by being hopeful. Mm-hmm. And that's already expressing a power because I choose to show up in a certain way before, even before um, taking actions of any kind if it makes sense what I say. It does. So then what does it mean to step into your own power? Stepping into your own power is exactly when you become your possibility. So you recognize that you have this choice. You recognize that you have the ability to be in a certain way and actually you take responsibility for it. You recognize that you are in charge for example, of the state you are in and the state you show up in. And that is when I am actually entering into my own power. I literally take responsibility for it, which means I respond to this possibility. It is as if it is a call, right? Somebody calls you to be in charge of uh, what is possible for you. And you say, yes, I am in charge. I know it and I act on it as if I am in charge. I don't believe that authentic power comes from external sources or like you said, from titles. I believe you have to, you know, boldly own it. And I would tend to think that you would agree with that based on the comments that you are saying. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that authentic power uh, comes, first of all, from within, which which is what we just said is the ownership of it. I think also that 
power is anyway something complex. So a component of power comes can come from outside of ourselves. But the authenticity of the fundamental power comes from within. Was there a difference between stepping into your own power and being empowered? I would say there is, because if I am stepping into my own power, I am the agent. I make the decision. I have uh, the, the I, I make the first move and I do it for myself. When I hear being empowered, hmm, um, that means that it is something from outside of me that somehow gives me permission to own my power. And that's also why I am not completely happy to use the word empowering when, for example, in the conversation of diversity and inclusion, or when we talk about empowering women, mm -hmm, um, I believe that actually the, the first level of empowerment is not given by anybody else, but ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then uh, from the outside, there are contributions, but that's not empowerment. That's a contribution. That's a collaboration. That's a cooperation. Mm -hmm. But the actual, I am empowering myself. That, that in my opinion, is the final destination of empowerment. Mm -hmm. That that's what what I think we we need to learn in women, especially. I'm speaking from the perspective of a woman, and um, I think that for women we need to learn how to empower ourselves. Meaning, again, from from the the etymological uh, meaning of the word, entering into our our own power. That's what empowering means in Greek, for example, and uh, And um, we, we want to learn how to do it ourselves. I don't need your permission to enter into my own power. I need to give myself permission to do that. And I need to recognize that I do have a possibility, that it is in my power and it is a choice and awareness that I need to become conscious of that I am the one that needs to step into her own power. And then I can have a, a, a relationship with you when I am empowered by myself. What are some of the internal barriers um, that reinforce the status quo and prevent a woman or a person of color from becoming a powerful force of change? I think that uh, there are many barriers. And uh, again, I, I, I think that we women, we are not completely aware of the barriers that we have that are inner limitations. And I call them invisible, in fact, because they are so close to us that we don't even recognize them. And uh, the one that comes to mind right now is, for example, that we don't always realize that, for example, we are brought up within a culture and you are in the US, I am in Italy, um, I'm, for example, in Italy, but I'm sure it is for in many places in the US as well. Um, many women are brought up within a culture that, for example, without mentioning it, it is just there, the expectation that you will be marrying someone, that you will have kids and you will have a family, which is, which is, True, many people follow this path and at the same time, we don't realize that it is as if it is a, a already planned path. 
whereas it might not be the case. And therefore, it might become a barrier if you have a, a sense, you are sensing that your life might be different. Maybe you don't want to get married and you don't even want to be, I don't know, a, a priest or, or a nun, right? And so what's possible for me? I don't know if, if I don't see myself within that narrative of being married and with the with kids, etc. And we don't realize, often women don't realize that the expectation that this is happening in your life is there when you are born. <laughs> That's what is expected by uh, life is about getting married and having kids and having a family. Right. At least it was uh, when I was where I was brought up and in my culture, I'm speaking, of course, from my own experience. And so uh, in my case, when I moved, I lived I lived abroad for many years. I, I lived uh, 20 years uh, all over the world. And when I left Italy and I started encountering different cultures, different uh, people with different backgrounds, I actually started realizing that what I've always thought that my life would look like actually had a different version of it. There was a different future that I had never thought about uh, before. And so I realized that actually the culture and the vision I was brought up in actually could have been a barrier for me, imagining something different. Today, though, we see, you know, with the younger generations, we see a lot of, uh, since you were mentioning women, I'll stick with women, but we see a lot of young women who don't subscribe to that socialization of get married, have kids. They're going into, you know, their careers. They're putting themselves first. Are you seeing internal barriers um, as it relates to, say, millennials or Gen, Gen Ys or Gen Xers um, that prevent them from becoming a powerful force of change and really stepping into their power? I think that um, I am not an expert in the next generation or millennial or, or, but what I can say and what I see is that actually because they have been brought up in a much more diverse world, they have been connecting with the diversity, different people, different cultures. Uh, they are connecting through internet, through social media uh, with a, a variety of uh, lives and backgrounds that perhaps previous generation did not have the chance to be exposed so much to diversity. I think that the, the richness and the wealth of being exposed to diversity actually has been a gift to them. And so they might have less barrier, invisible barriers, because they are more aware of what's possible because they have seen it. They, they, they have connected with very diverse people since they were at a very young age very young. And so I think that for them is, is quite different. It, it might be, um, they might have different kinds of barriers. Although I have to say that although for them, I think is different and it's probably easier still, they have been brought up by people that live within this vision and within these narratives. And so a little bit of residual 
of these might still be might still be there. I, I think it is generational. I think it is an historical heritage, so to speak, right? Having these narratives. And I'm not saying that they are bad, of course. I'm saying that they might become limiting if they become the only perspective that we have. And so the younger generation, they have more, I would say they have different a different vision of what life could look like because they have been brought up in a in an era where there is a lot of connection and they are ex- they have been exposed to diversity much more than for example people in my generation were and if you took gender out of that um and we just talked about people employees leaders in general right how much of the stories that we tell ourselves become debilitating in terms of stepping into our own power? Actually, I believe that the first step, and, and it's funny that you're talking about this because it is the first step of the method that I have, that I develop going through my own story is actually waking up to your legendary story. Because the, the legendary story is the story, the perfected story that we tell ourselves about who we are, what we, what we are about, what is our legacy, what we stand for. And I think that the first most important uh, step that we need to take is to become aware that it is actually just one version of who we are and our life uh, and how our life can be and look like. Because even if uh, we are living a perfect life, kind of perfect in the sense that yes, there are ups and downs, but we, our family is okay. We are the kids. We have maybe a dog. We have a beautiful job <laughs> and we are successful in what we do. Great friends. And yet as philosopher Martin Heidegger says, there is always something exceeding the reality that we know. And so being curious about what's beyond our perfect scenery, our perfect life or, or very well packaged life. Uh, I think there is always something more and diverse and, and, and different that we can discover. And so if our legendary story is very well packed, it becomes a barrier because there is so much more beyond that. And so the, the very important is to realize that even if uh, we are experiencing a beautiful life and our situation has all the ingredients that we, we wanted and we have achieved what we wanted, I think that we want to be curious about what's beyond that. Usually we discover this if we have a traumatic event happening to me. In my case, it was an unexpected uh, divorce that just out of blue <laughs> came into my life. And that was a wake up call that showed me all that was beyond my perfectly packaged life that I thought to have. So, or, or for somebody else might be a, a disease, an illness, somebody else, for somebody else, might be the death of somebody that they love. And so those moments, they are those events. They are those that interrupt our perfect story. And they show us that there is something beyond that, that we, we can take into account. And in certain circumstances, we must in, take into account. And uh, I think that it becomes extremely important to be aware that the version of our life that we are living is a version exactly. So it is one possibility among many that could 
be there and could uh, become our life. So it sounds like you would need to truly start with some self-reflection in order to have that awareness. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. I think that it is really what we, what I would love and what I always start with from according to my experience and what I have learned to do is to awaken to my story and to every moment that this is one version, but it is not exhaustive of what my life is or what my reality could actually look like. So awake. Awaken to your own story and own it for what it is, a version that you have chosen that you have perfected and that it is not the only one that you can, you could be living. I know in some of your work, you talk about self-evolution. Can you have self-evolution without power? Can you have self-evolution without power? It depends again on, on what you mean by power. So when you ask the question, what do you think about when you say power? How, what's the connotation of power? Well, in the context that we've been talking about power in terms of your choice, owning it, mm. um, recognizing that mm. you have the ability to make the decisions for your life. So can you have that learning and that growth and that self-evolution or does you know, without the power or must inherent power always accompany, accompany self-evolution? I think that to a certain extent, we can evolve. I am really a big fan of diversity because I think to a certain extent, encountering diversity help us to evolve and become better because it stimulates us in different ways. And so if we respond to diversity, we can grow and evolve. And then because uh, self-evolution is uh, a journey that goes from the outside in, I think, in order to express itself again on the outside, I think that at a certain point, we need to own our own self and uh, who we are in order to continue to evolve. Right. And so at that point, I don't think that self-evolution is possible without the power, meaning it is not possible without owning our possibility to choose and to be and become who we want to become, who we want to be. And if we do not know that, at least uh, own the possibility of the choice. Sometimes, especially after years of a person not really evolving or growing, they wake up and they realize that they've lost themselves over time. And so stepping into your own power really requires a person to reclaim themselves. And so how is that best done in terms of reconnecting and reclaiming your power? Maybe power that you once had and you lost it or you just woke up one day and thought, how did I get here? Um, I think that a great way to um, reconnect with our own power and reconnect with ourselves is actually through people. I believe that relationships are a great path and particularly um, if... Um, if we are lucky and blessed to have people that we care about and they are in our life, conversation and uh, spending time with them somehow remind us of who we are. If, if, I, if I refer, for example, to my story, when my marriage 
imploded and it was out of the blue suddenly because I was pushed outside my narrative and I was pushed outside my vision and, and I felt outside my own life. I, it was very difficult for me to reconnect with myself and with who I have always thought I, I, I was and I would be. And there was a, a, a white canvas before me. I couldn't recognize myself. And it was what I call in my book, my radical friends, friends that knew me before this event and that have known me whilst this event was not there yet. And they had the, and they loved me and they could uh, really, um, I would say, sing my song, the, the song that belonged to me, that reminded me uh, who I was, what I was standing for and what was important to me. I think that in that moment where I lost myself and I didn't know how to find myself, those people, there were, those were the voices that reminded me. And that somehow brought back to me from afar. It was like an echo from afar, a sense of who I was. And I could reconnect to that. And then I could, I, I could evolve from that point to a new version of myself and uh, build again a different life, but that still had in it the core of who I was. And I could do that. I could remind myself and I could reconnect it with myself because I had those people that were there and that reminded me not only through conversation and, and from what we were talking, but also emotionally, they would bring into my life a quality of emotion that I was used to. It was a quality of care, a quality of love, um, and freedom to be that they were there and they were somehow holding those experiences for me. And I could reconnect with those through them. And that resonated. It was like a, a reverberate within me and with who I was from the inside. And there was the connection made again. I think that's an important point because a lot of times when people go through some type of seismic traumatic experience, they pull away from people. And what you're saying is you should really lean into the people to help you rec reclaim and reconnect with your power. But I think so often people pull away and they isolate themselves. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, often the temptation, it is a temptation, I think, to isolate ourselves because uh, uh, we don't know what to do. And so there is an instinct to protect ourselves. And that's why I'm, I'm saying radical friends become extremely important because are those you trust no matter what, and you have built a relationship with them no matter what. And so, um, my first reaction was not to lock down myself because even if I was in the midst of pain, actually, uh, my first uh, reaction and decision was to share and was to open up and was to uh, be vulnerable and was to trust that these people I was, I decided that I could be vulnerable with. They would have stand there and hold me and be there for me. And so it happened. And I think that somebody would say, well, I don't have radical friends in my life. And I'm, I always, always believe that if you think carefully, you have at least one person <laughs> and one person is enough. One person that will listen to you and would hold space for you to express whatever pain you might go through. And one person is enough because one person is enough for having a connection 
And I believe that there is a generative connection and a generative space that can happen when two people that really care about each other are there for each other. And which means that one plus one is not two, but it is three. And the three is actually what allows you to start your healing journey, start to go back to yourself, start to reconnect with yourself. So maybe you don't have many friends. Maybe you do not have uh, three, four, five radical friends, but you have one that you have never identified as such. And maybe you can start identifying as the radical friend that actually is connected to you from the heart because that's important. Right. And so opening up to that one person, it is what keeps the channel to your own core open. A lot of listeners that come to this podcast, they're looking at this from a career lens. And I think there's power in understanding your value and how you contribute to successful business outcomes. And then you can begin to position yourself and help to improve, say, for example, the organization. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. Um, I would say that in the context of business, uh, um, when you were talking right now, what comes to mind are mentors and role models that become tools, allows me to call them, them tools, uh, tools to growth and to achieving success, not only for yourself, but also for the organization. Because the connection, the relationship, the, the one plus one is three happens with mentors and mentors are those who can actually be in your life, can be your business partners, can be your colleagues, teammates, your leaders, and they can actually um, help you um, build your path to success and be there both from a professional perspective and also from a personal perspective, because I believe that to, to be successful, we do need to be in our power and to own our life and ourselves. Right. And so in the business context, I think that these relationship mentorship and role models, people that actually have achieved what you want to achieve and they can show you how they did it. They can show you a way, a path, and you can decide to emulate them because uh, you appreciate what they stand for, their value, what they are what they stand for already said that right so you i think that that becomes extremely important because they show you what is possible that maybe at the time when you are embarking in a new path to success or you want to expand your level of success you might not necessarily know how to do that and uh, and they become uh, the possibility that you see already enacted so um, I would I would say that mentorship and having role models become extremely important to remind you and reconnect yourself with a, a professional outcome that you want to achieve, a success that you want to achieve. And how does that look like for you? And then in that instance, would making the decision to take action to uh, pursue a mentor uh, to engage with the role model, would that be an aspect of stepping into your power? I think that that, that will be. With the awareness again and with the emotional intelligence to understand 
what you are looking for and what you are asking for, and also having the awareness and intelligence, emotional intelligence to understand uh, the space where the potential mentor or role model is and where he or she is um, living and operating out of. Because uh, I, I don't think that... Oh, I like you, for example, Carol, I think you would be a great man mentor. And uh, he would go, I go straight and said, Carol, can you be my mentor? I would like you to be my mentor. That is a, not, I wouldn't say that this is a, an expression of stepping into my own power, at least uh, from, from my perspective, it would be more learning and understanding you first and see if uh, I can also bring something to you of value so that the mentorship relationship, it is actually both ways. And it is not that I am asking something of you because you have something I want right. and you can teach me, but I want to be respectful also of the fact that yes, you might be more experienced and you might uh, have something that I would need. And at the same time, I want also to be aware that I have, I have always, and I am always, uh, able to give something as well from where I stand. And so I want to be aware of both sides. And so stepping into my own power in this is uh, building a relationship with you that I would love for you to be my mentor. And so I build a relationship that I also understand what I can bring to that relationship so that it is both ways. I understand that. And, you know, I guess where I'm struggling just a little bit is you know, I always think about the execution of things. And when I mm -hmm. think about stepping into and owning your own power, I understand at the top of this podcast, we were talking about the choice that you have the choice and then you have the power. But then for me, as we walk through this for the last 30 minutes, I'm thinking, but then if you just have the choice without action, it's hard for me to see where you are therefore empowered. And so maybe for me, stepping and walking into your own power is different from empowering yourself because at some point you can have the choice and do nothing with it. And if you do nothing with that choice, then to me, you're not empowered. I, I agree with you. At the same time, I think that first... First, I need to be in my own power and I have really the awareness of myself and who I am. Because the action you are talking about is a built on a clarity and an awareness. Because then the action, I take the action in the different context and environment I'm in and the actions built towards a direction. In order to for these actions that I take to actually reinforce me being into my own power, I need to have the clarity, the clarity of owning my own power, which means, again, completely know as much as possible who I am and what I stand for right now, embody that knowledge. And then the action, which is an external action, I can, I can apply it in a different context. So if I am at work, I will take different set of actions than if I am in my family or in my community. Taking action is an expression that depends on the environment where I'm in, an expression though of an being in my own power that I have uh, embodied 
before the action. So it is as if the action arrives once I am in my own power and it is an expression of it in a different context. How would you, and just lastly, are there any particular tips or strategies that you would recommend to the listeners for outside of what you've already shared for stepping into and owning their power? Um, apart from what we have already said, um, probably one element that I would add is to pay particular attention to this, the, the relational world they are part of. Meaning that being really aware of the kind of relationships they are involved with and engage with, because relationships and people in our life, they have a very uh, strong um, impact on ourselves and how we conduct ourselves in who we are and uh, um, what we create for ourselves. And so as part of stepping into our own power is also become aware of who are the people that I have in my life and they are contributing to my identity as a person, as a professional, and what are they bringing actually to my life? And is this uh, aligned with who I am and who I want to be and therefore are they a, an instrument for me to become better and to evolve and be in a position of being even more into my own power or are they forces that are taking me um, far from from my goal so I think that um, as an important part is to be aware and become conscious of the quality of relationships that we have, the quality of people that we have in our life. So purge the toxic relationships. <laughs> purge the toxic relationship. Yes. And first, uh, be sure that you recognize which one is toxic and which well, one is that. Which one is challenging and which one isn't toxic. <laughs> So it is a sophisticated art. <laughs> well, this sounds, these sound like excellent strategies, excellent tips. I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate you sharing um, with the listeners. Is there a website that you'd like to share with the listeners or a place where they can contact you or find your book? Oh, thank you. So, um, yes, my book is starting from the last question, the last point, my book, you can find it on Amazon. Amazon.com is there, the unexpected gift, um, with my name, of course, Barbara Dalepetze. Um, to connect with me, I think the best way is LinkedIn. I am quite active on LinkedIn. So please do connect with me on LinkedIn. I love that. And uh, I do have a website, uh, www.barbaradalepezze.com. So all around my name, it's easy to remember, perhaps. And um, yeah, that's where you can find a little bit more about me and what I do. Well, this was excellent. This was deep. I loved it. Um, listeners, I'm Dr. Carol Isom Barnes. I can be reached at carol at experienceleadership.com. Or you can visit my website at experienceleadership.com to learn more about me or my consultancy. Dr. Dale Petse, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate your insight and your wisdom. Thank you so much, Carol. Thank you for the wonderful questions. It was a pleasure to have this conversation and to be here with you. Thank you. Excellent. Listeners, thank you and have a great day. <music>